Mark Watney is so proud of himself and like <laughs> his skills that he's always just like talking. It's almost like he has his own Martian podcast that he's doing. Where he's, he's like, it's kind of well, like us. No, nobody's listening, but he's still doing it. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 380 with a review of The Martian. I'm Christopher Schnazy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we are talking about the uh, long-awaited Martian, um, or The Martian. Uh, how are you doing this fine evening, Mr. Stephen Miller? Doing good. Uh, a little out of it, but... Sitting back, drinking scotch, getting ready to record this movie that for once I watched it before you did. I feel like you're always on top of things, and I'm always playing pickup. That's right. You actually saw this one uh, the day before I, I did. I crammed into a 11.45 Thursday night showing. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think the showing I went to was like a, it was a 10.30 showing, and we got out after 1 o'clock. So what the hell time did you get out? Well... So I know after I got out, I still had to, like, run errands, like, stop by Victoria's <laughs> house so she could drop off the rent check. And I got home at, like, 3.15 or something. It was yeah, it was and not then, good. And then what time did you have to leave for the airport? So I left at night the next night, so I was a, I was fine. Oh, okay. That was, like, a 10 p.m. flight. That's right. That's right. I forgot. I, I keep thinking that it was – because I know I saw it on Friday. You saw it on Thursday. And uh, this is all great <laughs> for the episode. <laughs> No worse than usual. Yeah. But I feel at least normally we're having an actual conversation. Here, I'm trying to recall things for my own my own purpose. Like, I don't care. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, people can't tell I'm sick. I don't know if it's coming through to all you in the audience. Um, but Did you uh, smash up a bunch of Vicodin? Snort right. it? Yeah. Smashed up a bunch of Vicodin and dipped potato in it. Because uh, you're you're up in San Francisco, nobody can stop you now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, mom and dad. <laughs> oh, um, but uh, but yeah, I think uh, this is a film that we were both excited for. I think uh, we've been hearing some good, positive things about it. Um, uh, yeah, you ready to get into this episode? Yes. All right, we're going to take a listen to the trailer for The Martian, and uh, then come back and give you a review. Every human being has a basic instinct to help each other out. If a hiker gets lost in the mountains, people coordinate a search. If an earthquake levels the city, people all over the world send emergency supplies. This instinct is found in every culture, without exception. a.m. our satellites detected a storm approaching the Ares 3 mission site on Mars. The storm had escalated to severe and we had no choice but to abort the mission. But during the evacuation, astronaut Mark Watney was killed. Entering this log for the record. This is Mark Watney. And I'm still alive. 
Obviously. I have no way to contact NASA or my crewmates. But even if I could, it would take four years for another manned mission to reach me. And I'm in a hab designed to last 31 days. So, in the face of overwhelming odds, I'm left with only one option. I'm gonna have to science the shit out of this. Okay, let's do the math. I gotta figure out how to grow four years worth of food here on a planet where nothing grows. But if I can't figure out a way to make contact with NASA, none of this matters anyway. Houston, be advised. We've got a video message. It's directed to the whole crew. Play it. Mind God. <laughs> Mark Watney is still alive. In your face, Neil Armstrong. We left him behind. Let's go get our boy. This is something NASA rejected. So we're talking mutiny. And if we mess up the supply rendezvous, you die. If we mess up the Earth gravity assist, we die. It's space. It doesn't cooperate. I guarantee you that at some point, everything's going to go south on you. And you're going to say, this is it. This is how I end. Is it possible that he's still alive? That was the trailer for The Martian. Uh, it is a story of a astronaut by the name of Mark Watney who is left, he's marooned on Mars when they have to evacuate due to some sort of storm. And, uh, you know, Mars is really far away. And he's got to uh, figure out how to survive on this planet all by himself while uh, the rest of the world tries to figure out how the hell we can hopefully bring him back. Um, Steven, what would you think of this film? I loved this movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> might, might as well just get right out with it. I'm, I'm going to say up front, I don't think I can justify in like pure, serious, cinematic merit loving this movie um this my favorite review of this movie that i heard going in was from the av club uh i think it was aa down but it might have been mike d'angelo or something oh, yeah. uh, and he said this is the atheist scientist version of god's not dead <laughs> like this is the movie that if you just love problem solving and the idea of like mankind overcoming obstacles this is like total science porn for you <laughs> <laughs> um and like he he nailed it and i loved it <laughs> like okay so despite being excited about this movie i actually didn't know much at all going into it i think if i saw a trailer it must have been like just a teaser i like i i knew I knew Matt Damon looked a lot like he did in another movie that won't be named in case someone's <laughs> living under a rock and hasn't seen a particular movie from last year. Um, another movie where somebody might have been marooned on a planet. Yeah. I knew I knew the premise was a little bit like, you know, gravity or something. It was a person who was stuck on a planet trying to get home. 
what I didn't know at all was tonally how the film would go. And I think in my head, I imagined it was going to be a very, it was going to be a serious kind of bleak type of movie, like Moon or something, of watching a guy who's all alone living day after day after day with that sort of like hopelessness <laughs> that you are the only thing around for I can't even put the right number of miles up to like a hundred I don't know <laughs> <laughs> hundreds of thousands of miles I, I don't even know how far away um it's 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 so far away that it takes many many moons <laughs> to to be able to get to you um so it's yeah one light year times 17 minutes divided by a year in minute. I don't know. I don't, Some, I don't something know, like that. I don't know what that is. I, I know when they contact them while they're up in Mars, then they say there's like a 17-minute delay or something like that. Yeah, So yeah, you, yeah. you can okay, do gotcha. that. <laughs> but anyway, so I thought this was going to be a kind of heavy, serious sci-fi flick. And instead what I got... Just out of the gate, like in the first ten minutes, I don't think it's a spoiler to say he's already stranded. He like everybody's gone. It's Matt Damon <laughs> on Mars, and the movie I thought I was going to get the kind of like deep, introspective person who's given up hope movie. We get maybe like two minutes of that, <laughs> and then he sits up and he's like, "No, I'm not going to die here." <laughs> and then he starts growing potatoes, and like we're. <laughs> From then on, I felt like I was playing one of those um, point-and-click adventure games like Curse of Monkey Island or <laughs> Zork the Grand Inquisitor or something, where it's like Matt Damon has an inventory, he has things that he needs to accomplish, and he has just the right combination of tools to accomplish them if he puts his mind to it. Yeah. And like all of that could totally sound very lame and after-school specially and like... Science, yeah! <laughs> um, <laughs> that was a Big Hero 6 <laughs> Okay, good. <laughs> I don't do a good T.J. Miller impression. <laughs> how cool is that? I mean, it's scary, obviously, but how cool! <laughs> I could not hear it at all. <laughs> no. Uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, it feels like the one of those kind of blandly motivational things that NASA would get behind to try to get funding for NASA. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it just plays with so much fun. Like everyone, all the, all the secondary characters are on their A game and Matt Damon, his charisma in this movie is just unbelievably good. He is such a fun guy to root for. He He's kind of like, like what Oscar Isaac did for, tech semi-evil geniuses <laughs> Matt Damon does for astronauts where he's like very smart and nerdy but he's also kind of a jock and he likes to joke around and make fun of uh, Jessica Chastain for liking disco music yeah and I don't know the movie considering I watched it so late at night it really flew by to me it was just such a fun collectively entertaining movie where I felt like everyone in the audience was just rooting for Matt Damon to come home. And I feel like I haven't seen a movie in a while where everyone was unified like that in that kind of just positive, hopeful vibe. So yeah, I love this movie. It was porn for me as a science geek. 
and <laughs> Ridley Scott is back. Like the the movie looks good. It looks like a real movie. It doesn't look like Exodus, Gods and Kings. <laughs> Well, there was that part where there's a bunch of white people playing Martians. That was really weird. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I wish you would have hired a few actual Martians to do it. But, you know, nobody's going to go and see... <laughs> I have no idea what Martian language is. You can cut that in post. <laughs> oh, wow. Good times. <laughs> well, um... I very much like this movie. Um, I I love most of the, most of this movie. I I think that everything that takes place on Mars is a brilliant, masterful film. Um, I I don't want to sound negative, um, but I mean, in, in a world in which everybody is loving and singing the praises of the film, I do want to like be candid about the fact that like I like I almost feel like I miss some of the stuff that you're glad this film was not. Um, so like I, it's, it's not that I wanted Matt Damon sitting around on, on the red planet, like worrying about death and deciding that he's going to die and just sitting there being all mopey and like Eeyore. Um, Mm -hmm. but what I wanted from the people on the outside, uh, is, is more of, I don't know, like, like there's, there's, so for instance, in, in the trailer for this film, there's a scene where like Jessica Jessica Chastain is she has a line where it's like if we if we miss this we die if we do this we die if this happens then we die and she's like this is the gravity of this mission that we are currently on but like there isn't really a lot of time where characters are weighing those options like uh if you compare it to other space films like say Sunshine where in that film they have x number of people in the crew and they have enough life support system resources left to get a lesser number than their current total of passengers on the ship um, to the destination that they need. Like, th- there are scenes where characters are discussing the gravity of the situation and not just, like, exi- like everything Matt Damon is doing is like, shit, I'm here on this planet. There's nobody can possibly reach me for another X number of days. So no matter what, I have to survive on this planet this long by myself. His execution, his performance, uh, what his character is doing in the story is is perfect. A plus exactly what it needs to be uh, immensely entertaining. It's got the science uh, porn aspect of it. You just want to like jump up and high five. It's like a two hour version of the scene in Apollo 13 where they're trying to figure out how to get the air filter working with like yes. <laughs> all this kind of stuff. I mean, like it, it's, it's really fun, really entertaining. And, and like, you want to see how he does things. Um, and, uh, like that's awesome. But like back on earth, you have, you know, like the, you know, the corporate guy who's like, well, we can't tell the other crew that he's still alive because blah, 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 blah. like the, there's, there's a bunch of things where you want, a lot of ethical discussions between people trying to gauge the weight of the, the situation at hand. Um, but instead it's sort of just like people are acknowledging that it's a, it's a situation, but they're not really having conversations about it. The film doesn't really go deep into the lives of the people who aren't on Mars, which is everyone in the universe except for Mark Watney. Um, mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, to quote another line from, from the trailer, uh, there, there was a scene where, where two people are talking and one of them says, like, is bringing up the point that like, we have a ship with six people on it 
how do we weigh that against like there's this one of those like cliche lines where he's like it's just one man and then the other character says something like well maybe one man is means the everything or whatever you know, like I, i'm totally yeah. botching the line but it's i remember sitting in a theater watching that line in the trailer and like that line hit me like it was cliche and it was silly but like I was like, there was a sense that, like, yes, this is one man, and we could risk all this stuff to try to bring him back. And on paper, none of that is worth that risk. But maybe there is something in the attempt to save this one man, which will rally the entire country, possibly the world, together in the celebration of life and blah, 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 blah. Um, the film doesn't do any of that, <laughs> you know. Like, no, it, it, not it, at it, all. And <laughs> maybe it doesn't have to, but I feel like there is a sense where, like, we we have people right now on this planet who want to send people who are not qualified at all to on a one way journey to try and colonize Mars, right? Right. So in a world where, like, you know, we're already shutting down <laughs> our our space exploration program. Um, uh, the idea that we we've lost a man there and we're doing anything by all means to bring him back because it's not even that his life might be worth that much it's the fact that we are able to do this it, it it's there's an aspect to that that the film really really lacks that I kind of wish it had on it like I, I as we've discussed on the podcast before I like people sitting around tables discussing stuff that matters <laughs> mm-hmm. and this film doesn't really have that, but it does have freaking Matt Damon as this super awesome, charismatic botanist on this planet. It has Mars potatoes. What what <laughs> yes. else could you want? Martian shit potatoes. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I I totally agree. I think if if I wanted to turn off my unabashed love of this movie, I could find a good amount to nitpick. Like, definitely all the stuff happening anywhere but Mars is very secondary like it's only to go through the movie beats so we can get back to matt damon again and i felt that with everyone you know like jeff daniels character what are his motivations deep down i have no idea like whatever his big ethical dilemmas are they're kind of shorthanded into one minute bursts of dialogue and then we'll get another 25 minutes of matt damon and everything's good um so so do do you think that they could have made this film uh, and I'm sorry, you can continue your thought. I just, uh, do you think they could have made the film never cutting back from Matt Damon? It's a good question. I, I think it would maybe lose some of the playfulness if they did that. I, I think even though the people back home, and I hope, because I haven't seen the trailer, I don't know. I assume it isn't a spoiler that he communicates with them at some point <laughs> like I, he isn't just alone for the five like however long he's up there sure <laughs> okay we'll say that isn't a spoiler um i think the the people back home and the bureaucracy and the kind of the way they respond to him and the way the country responds to him being alive I think that adds a lot of the kind of fun and playfulness that you need as the backdrop of the movie. I think they could have gotten away with having everyone back on Earth be just a generic institution, like without actually having characters who are undergoing any kind of dilemma or problem solving. And the movie would have been the same. It would have been just fine. But I did kind of like to see the way 
like the JPL engineers have to, like at a certain point, Matt Damon will come up with a particular way to accomplish his goals and Chiwetel Ejiofor will suddenly need to rush to the other side of the country and hang out with a bunch of nerdy engineers <laughs> as they try to figure out what is Matt Damon doing and how can we help him. And that that aspect of like the glorified lab rat, <laughs> I thought that was a lot of fun. Like none of the politics mattered at all for sure, but some of the ideas of this uh this communal activity where the whole world is working together to bring one person home. I don't think it would have been the same movie if you took that away. Yes. Um that's true. I mean obviously the the you know earthside engineers working are really really great. And we and we do I I guess uh, I'm trying to like put my thoughts together here. Like I I do want all that cutting back to home. Like that's kind of like what my complaint is already <laughs> is mm-hmm. that it's not necessarily good enough for me the 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 statesideness of it um it is also interesting in a in a world in which or not even in a world like in, in in reality the distances are so great and time takes so long that they could have because because the the astronauts were having to come home early mm-hmm. um nobody knew like normal human beings don't know that mark wadney's left there right <laughs> so right. But I, but I guess oh no they they had already had the press conference because they didn't know he was alive yet <laughs> so mm-hmm. I guess I'm just saying that there, 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 there's in real life NASA wouldn't have to say a damn thing we would just think yeah, the mission's still going on normally and like it would be another month before we even well are they coming home yet you know like <laughs> blogs would be writing like astronauts are leaving Mars today to come back on their seven month journey or whatever it is um, mm-hmm. so it's definitely interesting but because of the context of it they wanted to share that he was dead because they thought he was dead um so throw that out but anyways um i don't know i i just th- th- this film falls into the category which i i can't remember the exact movies i've said this for before but i feel like i say it all the time that like i almost wish that this was a mini series on like hbo or showtime or something like that because mm-hmm. i would love like i i i, I felt first the f- man on mars <laughs> yes i i i i just feel that like i liked it so much the mars stuff and the the time dilation like not not the same time dilation that was happening in the other movie that matt damon was an astronaut in but mm-hmm. uh in this film like i feel that like we're doing so many jumps in time that like the film doesn't seem long enough to convey everything he went through. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's this movie's two hours and 14 minutes long, but like the actual events span like 500 days or something like that. It's like something insane. Right. right. And, and that's the thing. The movie doesn't convey the exhaustion element of it. It's it, it, it way one... too busy. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm wondering which part you have in mind, actually. <laughs> There's this one uncanny Valley shot. Where there's like a completely CG skinny person, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like, then like a towel is over his head, and then it shows his face. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that, was, that that moment was so silly, like in context, because it's like, it's like, well, we need to like portray time here, so we'll just like CG a really skinny body, and then cut to the face of a person with a beard. <laughs> I could have just had Leonardo DiCaprio sub in for that part. (laughs) 
Oh man. But yeah, other 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 than those little touches, they definitely don't weigh in on the exhausting element, and that that's part of why I was comparing it to the movie I thought it was going to be the. Uh, there must be a better touchstone than moon, but that's the one I keep coming back to. The like, the isolated, long day in day out routine movie. Yeah, and I think once I accepted that that wasn't what I was going to get, I didn't miss it a damn bit. <laughs> but I can still imagine the movie that does that would also be very good at its own merit too. One thing I will give you for sure is I think. Jessica Chastain, Michael Pena, Kate Mara. These are some people <laughs> that I think the movie could have not had them and almost nothing would change. Yeah. Like, except for a few cool moments that we wouldn't get to have. But as far as any of the, like, emotions of these characters and what they go through, not, didn't add anything to the movie for me. There, there was a little bit, like, Michael Pena has a little bit semi-touching moment, which involves him typing on a keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I thought was like, I thought that was like cute and like, um, yeah, well, yeah. So they're they're all good again in how they relate to Mark Watney and show his kind of what's the word I'm looking for. There's like a camaraderie that they have, and like he has this easygoing, self-deprecating way about him. And yeah. anytime you get to see people on screen who are clearly good enough friends to bust each other's balls, then like that's entertaining it it's weird how suggestible we are like just seeing people who are friendly and having fun on screen we're like oh yeah we're a part of this this is great <laughs> yeah but yeah definitely if i wanted to throw on my more cynical hat i could find a lot more to criticize too <laughs> like for one thing uh, victoria pointed this out but i think you could take almost any scene in this movie and freeze frame and find like perfect down to a science ethnic and gender ratio <laughs> like <laughs> perfectly chosen to maximize the pro international pro we're all one world pushing the limits of mankind <laughs> uh, message <laughs> and it, i don't know it, it is it's a very unrelentingly positive movie and part of that is a little bit dumb <laughs> It's just dumb in a way that was like all warm and fuzzy for me. <laughs> Plus a great, great, great moment where they get to reference uh, Sean Bean's earlier movies that he's become known for. I like that a lot. Wait, did they reference it? Um. Wow. Well, so Donald Glover names a trajectory after a particular event <laughs> that happened. It isn't a spoiler. They make a Lord of the Rings joke while okay. Sean Bean is in the room. Okay. And I got a good laugh out of that. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. I think I remember that now. <laughs> well, the real question is, is that in the book? Because obviously the character wasn't written to be Sean Bean. I hope it wasn't. I hope – I want to think that it was an inside joke. But <laughs> it's possible. They could have done a Game of Thrones reference too, though. That would definitely not be in the book. <laughs> it could have. But yeah, I think, so you mentioned that the movie doesn't really emphasize the, um, like the utilitarian trading of lives, the idea that one person can't be worth X dollars, but maybe the idea of that person could be worth it. Um, thank, thank you also for saying that eloquently as opposed to whatever jumbled <laughs> sentence I tried to say earlier, because that's what I was trying to say. 
it's just the scotch talking (laughs) (laughs) it makes you more sophisticated yeah anyway i i'll grant you that the movie doesn't really dig deep into that this despite jeff daniels this isn't the newsroom like where they're trying to have like big conversations about anything um but it is just by virtue of the scenario we were watching and the fact that you have kind of a while to digest matt damon's plight and the politics of what are going on back on earth i still felt like i had a good amount of time to chew through that while i was watching the movie like i was definitely thinking about that of how much is one person worth and what are the limits that we would go to to rescue someone so like even if the movie doesn't say anything there i thought it it provoked enough where my mind was reeling afterwards like trying to think of where would i stand and <laughs> what is the ethical thing to do here I, I guess for me, it just comes down to the, 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 the standpoint of the conversations are there-ish, and the result of those conversations are directly driving the plot forward, but because they're not really having them, and like people sitting around a table to make a decision where everybody agrees, <laughs> there's mm-hmm. no like, everybody's like, no, yeah, duh, we're doing this because that's what we're going to do. This is the movie, hell, right? Hell yeah. <laughs> there, there's not really a scene where like anybody has to be convinced <laughs> you know what i mean and right. and, and may, maybe that is saying something in and of itself that like in this world in which we still have a space program and people are on mars that like everybody is like no i'm fully about this mission but like i guess i just the film maybe it's that like mark watney is so badass that like you're like shit needs to happen to add stakes because you're like well he's growing shit on mars <laughs> he's got this you know what I well mean? And, like, and that's the thing about this movie there there are not but considering like the literally astronomical stakes <laughs> that you're given in the movie <laughs> there are not actually stakes that you feel for the most part like from the beginning to almost the end you think yeah mark watney's got this he's fine yeah. um they throw in like they throw in a few failures like moments where everything he worked for seems to be not going the way he planned but even yeah. then it it feels more like an instructive pro science like hey failures okay everybody <laughs> type move it doesn't feel like an actual devastating loss of anything yeah i mean well there there <laughs> there's at least one time where it does <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm heartless. I, I never felt that. Really? Yeah, never. Uh, well, <laughs> maybe you are heartless. Uh, or maybe you just don't have a Martian heart. <laughs> no. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, <sighs> hmm. I, I, I will say this. I mean, th- th- this film is not at all a quote-unquote found footage film. But, like, people like to criticize found footage films in the, like, why would they still be rolling film sort of thing. But in, like, this film, even though it's not found footage, they nail that better than most found footage films do. Like, he's he's so, like, Mark Watney is so proud of himself <laughs> and, like, <laughs> his skills that he's always just, like, talking. It, it's almost like he has his own Martian podcast that he's doing where he's, <laughs> he's like, It's kind of well, like us. No, nobody's listening, but he's still doing it. <laughs> God, it hurts mostly because it does hurt emotionally. 
No, but uh, you know, like, it's it's kind of funny that he's he's like, I mean, he doesn't because those aren't things that are being broadcast back to Earth. They're just being recorded locally on Mars. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like, he has zero expectation that anybody is ever going to watch these. But it's sort of, it's the camera is, I'm, and I'm like pulling this out of the air just now. But like the camera is his version of Wilson from Castaway, right? So instead yeah. of having like a a um, volleyball with a handprint on it <laughs> or like being in like you know last man on earth and having a bunch of random balls with faces drawn on them he's got these cameras that are like in theory they could be real people watching this footage but in the context it's really just his way of talking it's it's he's talking through his situations himself it's it's a way to and, and like you know filmically it's it's a genius move because i believe that a lot of the book is like his internal dialogue with himself trying to figure out what he's going to do but because he's talking to this camera he can deliver this exposition in a way that doesn't feel like this is scene where me describe how martian surface is blah 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 you know i mean it he's he's do, he's doing it in a way where it feels natural even though really it serves no purpose but to explain what he's doing <laughs> if um, that isn't the device the book uses then yeah it's a really smart move yeah, <laughs> by I, the screenwriter I mean, maybe he is talking to cameras in the book, but I, I, I just assume that it's a lot of like, well, I could do this, and oh, shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and that's another thing that makes this not at all the movie I thought I was going to be watching. Like, the, one obvious movie to compare this to is Gravity, I think. <laughs> For obvious reasons, the yeah. the goal is the same. I would <laughs> For say obvious without... reasons in that people are in spacesuits and yeah. in hostile environments. The, um, without giving too much away, I would say the the like final set piece is extremely similar <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah but the the difference is gravity gravity was about that vast expanse of nothingness and like sander bullock is talking but a lot of the movie is about that kind of like silent problem solving and this from the get-go like that is not the tone of this movie this movie needs a guy narrating things <laughs> they they need personality to shine through yeah so yeah i thought that was a really smart choice i will say <laughs> so you mentioned uh the camera is like his wilson and castaway i would say one thing the movie doesn't have is his wilson in house <laughs> because he he's kind of like a house-like <laughs> character I, i've been watching the show lately so everything is house to me now um nice. But he's kind of this extremely brilliant, not at all humble guy <laughs> who like takes chances and goes like, hell yeah, I got this. And he even eats crushed Vicodin, for God's sake. <laughs> but, <laughs> anyway, he he never really has any moment of come up in in the movie. Like if he has any flaws, then the movie does not care at all to unpack them. Like the movie wants him to be the idea of astronaut to us, of uh, the the amazing man in space who can do anything, which which is fun to watch, but it isn't. I, I wouldn't say this had the most real characters of any movie I've seen this year. More of like a fantasy porn of what I want scientists to be like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But but it is kind of fun too that like he like he's the botanist. I mean, I mean, obviously, in in 
this is like end of the world nuclear winter and you happen to be a doctor type situation where like you literally happen to be the the most appropriate type of scientist. But I'm the botanist. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> it's like, I'm the butler. Yeah. Uh, you can drop Carson in there. <laughs> um, but uh, like in, in outside of the context of being marooned there on a planet and having to find a way to survive, he at the beginning of the mission, he was theoretically the least important member of that team. Like, his job was probably to, like, gather soil samples and see if maybe there's anything in the soil that would support growing something. Like, he was never supposed to grow something there. He was just supposed to go there and, like, like check things off on a sheet and, like, ride along. You know, like, everybody else is going to be, like, like, a navigation specialist or, like, some, like, mechanical engineer. There's, like, a, a bunch of people that have theoretically more important jobs. But he gets left behind. And just basically gets to give like a big fu to all other other space professions because basically <laughs> he does the impossible there on this planet while everybody else would have been like, well maybe we could like rebuild the rocket or something you know what I mean like somebody else would be <laughs> trying some really ignoramus thing and he's like no well there's another mission that's supposed to come in X amount of time so really I just got to try to live here I don't have to try to escape like that's his initial plan so. um and I, I like that aspect of it, too. Yeah, it definitely glorifies something that you don't normally expect to be glorified in a movie. And I think, like, the fact that he is a botanist, he's just a, a scientist scientist. Granted, he's also ripped as f Like, he's also, like... <laughs> he's not just, like, a nerdy dude. He's, uh... He's, like, tech bro, botanist bro. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But I think the end of this movie captures that really, too. Uh, the big idea of it is you don't have to be the badass, gung-ho action hero. You have to be the person who can tackle one problem at a time. And coming from computer science, where like all those lo like all-nighters were about tackling one dumb problem at a time, <laughs> I I was so on board for that. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying in in a world in which uh, you you and I were each marooned on a planet, we'll just say it's a different planet for the sake of not being able to like help each other out. Um, mm -hmm. You would be problem solving uh, one one issue at a time, and I would be like contemplating whether I just take off my helmet and suffocate to death. To make yeah, you'd it be go too quicker. busy world building there. You'd be like, <laughs> all right, how? What are the rules on this planet? Hmm. <laughs> oh. Good times. Yeah. All right. Well, um, should we get into our verdicts for this film? I think so. Okay. Well, Mr. Stephen Miller, if you're going to give this scene, uh, this scene, <laughs> if you're going to give this movie a must-see, a recommend with a caveat, a wait for rental, a pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Must-see, especially if you can catch it in a crowded theater. I feel like, at least in mine, I was vibing off the audience so hard. <laughs> it was... It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I, I, even though I've been, like, trying to, like, take a little bit of the praise away from this film just to complain about a few things, uh, it's still a must-see for me. This is this is a, a fantastically fun film, uh, really entertaining. Uh, I hear the book is great. Um, I've also heard some people hate the book because it's a lot of just science talk and this guy thinks he's so smart. Um, but maybe, maybe the book character doesn't have as much uh, charisma as Matt Damon does in this film. Um but yeah, must see for me. 
you know, ra- random, quick, not random, because we usually mention this. Uh, I did see this in 3D, and uh, I wouldn't waste your money on the upcharge for 3D because it basically the only scenes that you feel are 3D are like every two and a half minutes when it shows the Martian surface and then it goes back mm-hmm. to watching regular movie <laughs> and then big establishing shot of Mars, regular movie, big establishing shot of Mars. Like it, it, it just steal, steal 3d glasses out of the, uh, out of the, the little receptacle outside the theater and walk into another showing like for 30 seconds after you've already seen the movie and you can, experience that (laughs) (laughs) i I thought it was telling that at least up here none of the imax theaters were showing it like Mm. normally if the movie is like a big 3d visual feast they'll put it on one of the giant screens well also this this is the week early imax presentation of the walk that's happening right now oh yeah that's so they're probably sucking up all those uh all those uh, imax screens to show you know uh our friend Joseph Gordon, uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt, walking across. I was going to try to do a French accent, but I can't. Just let all the accents out. It can't be any worse than the Butler and the Martian one. Anyways, um, but yeah, do your Matt Damon voice. I can't, You've earned it. I can't even do it because, like the 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 stereotypical Matt Damon voice of him sounding stupid, it does not apply to this Matt Damon because this Matt Damon is freaking awesome. So. Anybody who mm-hmm. wants to do the uh, South Park style Matt Damon is like, he doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Anyways, two must-sees from us. This film is awesome. You should definitely check it out. And uh, that's our review. So, Mr. Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? If you want to find me, uh, you can send hexadecimal code <laughs> to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. Um, if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning or like us at Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com. You can use the contact form on our site um, or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to The Martian, so hopefully you are enjoying that. And, uh, yeah, that, uh, that is this review. So, Mr. Stephen Miller, thank you for joining me once again. Thank you for having me. And, uh, you know, if you ever get lost on some planet, I'll totes turn around and come get you. <laughs> but now without dropping that great line... We are duly appointed federal Martians. <laughs> Copyright Christopher Schnazy. <laughs> like the accent was pretty decent until you actually said the word Martians. Yeah, I think no one from Boston has ever said the word Martian before. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, what do you say we the walk on out of here? <laughs> <laughs> That'll be funny in like a few days when the feed gets updated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everyone.